0: Hey guys, it's Simon. this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Friday, and we're here with the Wrestling Wrap-Up. We've got a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's stories do go, we've got, actually, hold up, what, what, give me two seconds, we might have some breaking news, but, 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 breaking News, I need to make like a graphic for that that I can just throw up on the screen and be like, breaking news, breaking news. All right, hold on, we might have some breaking news. Okay, so we do, we do, we do, we do. I'm not going to talk about it yet because it's also a spoiler possibly for tonight's SmackDown. So we'll throw it in later. And I'll let you know when it's that breaking news story. So, we do have some news that literally just broke in the last like three to four minutes from Fightful. We'll get to that. But let's throw that in here really quick. Now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 stories, nine stories. We got nine stories to talk about here tonight. So, it's almost. Two handfuls of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. We're going to talk about everything that went down that we know of so far with CM Punk and All Elite Wrestling. We're going to talk about, well, in that story, we'll also talk about the Elite. So technically, stories one and two go together as one, if you really think about it. We're talking about the PWI 150. Who do they think is the best female wrestlers in the world? Sasha Banks, Money in the Bank, Helena Cell, Bray Wyatt, and so much more because, again, this is the wrestling wrap up every Monday and Friday bringing you all the news you may have missed over the last couple of days. Remember, if you are watching us live, you're watching on Twitch, and I really appreciate that. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. Remember, you can also watch us later or listen later, youtube.com forward slash Pro or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod Apple Pod Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription. Or you could subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or at least access to somebody's Amazon Prime account, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. And they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Programming note, no SmackDown review tonight. If anything major happens on SmackDown, I'll make a video about it at the Halloween event I'm working this weekend. Basically, there is a Halloween thing tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday that me and my buddy are working at. My buddy built a bunch of like high-end props for it, and I'm doing all the videography and photography stuff for the event. So I will not be able to do the SmackDown review tonight, but if there's any big news coming out of or during SmackDown... I'll just make a video while I'm there about it. So we'll be good in that regard. Again, programming. No, no actual live SmackDown review tonight. But also remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there by hitting the join button and becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use this code right here, PWUnlimited. Again, code, use code PWUnlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases, and it doesn't cost you anything extra, and you'll be directly supporting us here On Pro Wrestling Unlimited, even when you're claiming the free games. I don't get how that works, but it does work. Use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, whether that's on the Epic Game Store or on your PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo Switch for Fortnite, Rocket League, Rumbleverse, and Fall Guys. You'll be directly supporting us right here. As far as our news does go, we got a big one. This might be a long one. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to read to you guys. It all has to do with Mr. CM Punk, Phil Brooks. And exactly what we do now technically know pertaining to the investigation, the incident, and all that stuff as well. You can read from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter as Dave Meltzer wrote the following. The investigation into what happened after the all-out press conference on September 4th in Chicago was completed last week and ended with Chris Guy, also known as a steal, being let go. The company, working on a buyout of CM Punk's contract with AEW and with the immediate return of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to in-ring activities. The Bucks, Omega, and Don Callis were all brought to this week's dynamite on 1026 in Norfolk, Virginia. They were at the show, but no one appeared on television. Early in the show, a video package aired showing a new video package aired showing a clip of the midnight Japanese time on December 31st, 2018, when the Bucks and Adam Page released the BTE episode announcing the birth of AEW, which is actually wrong, Dave. Dave got that wrong there. That video did not drop midnight Japanese time. That video dropped midnight Pacific time. Trust me. I remember I'm sitting here waiting, reloading. Something's coming. A big BTE at midnight. And then it finally came at midnight. My time. Pacific time. Anyways. Uh, the first public disclosure. that The company was being formed. First press conference in Jacksonville. The one a couple weeks later from Vegas and so forth. And in these videos, the Bucks and Omega were disappearing. the announcers never spoke about this or acknowledged it. A logical return would be at full gear in Newark, New Jersey in a match potentially against the trios champions, Pentagon Phoenix and pack. Since the bucks and Omega had just won the tournament to become the first inaugural champions when they were suspended and stripped of the belts. There has been nothing said though, or hinted to me that would be the time or place for the match, but it does seem that it makes the most sense in Norfolk on the 26th it was noted that several of the top people were saying that punk would not be back a few games a few names that were mentioned were chris jericho being the name mentioned most but that many if not most of the key top names were saying he wouldn't work they wouldn't work for him and there was a report yesterday from fightful that stated i'm going to pull that one up verbatim i don't want to misquote it it's actually an interesting one. It has to do with Jericho and CM Punk. It says, we've heard about some of the names that weren't around during the brawl who were suspended as they were physically involved, but there were also several that approached shortly thereafter, one being Chris Jericho, who was heavily uh, lauded by those we spoke to for his resolve and demeanor, stepping up, During the scrum right after the incident took place. They stated that Chris Jericho approached CM Punk unhappy about the brawl as well as the nature of the scrum that had just taken place. Jericho told CM Punk that he was a cancer to the locker room and a detriment to the company. Jericho is out there just saying it all. Just "Ah, fuck you CM Punk. Also, let me lower this camera down just a tiny bit bugging me how much headroom I got. There we go. Now I lowered it too much. Jesus Christ. Doing stuff on the fly. There we go. That's better. Push it this way a tiny bit and we're back in the center. Alright, cool. So, back to the Meltzer uh, uh, portion of all this. Meltzer said that one top star noted, quote, Punk won't be back. His value on screen isn't 1%. Worth the hassle and the black cloud he causes backstage. Damn. What? His, his value on screen isn't worth 1% of what the hassle of him being backstage is. That's nuts. Another top star noted. The team has decided he's out. And regardless of some being willing to work with him, the collective decided that he was, quote, voted off the island. Jeez. Concurrent with it getting out that the Bucks and Omega were returning, Nick Hausman of Wrestling Inc. reported a story from Punk's side, which included a story that was immediately heavily denied by multiple people who were there, that the door of the dressing room Punk was in with MJF, Lucy Guy, the wife of Ace Steel, was kicked open, and that it hit Punk's dog Larry in the mouth, loosening some of the teeth, and subsequently, there was a vet appointment that stated that, well... Uh, Larry had to get some teeth removed. The obvious problem with that story is that if that actually came up in the investigation, there's no way that the Bucks and Omega would have been brought back. If they injured the dog, you ain't coming back. And we would have known of that story a lot earlier than the day everything possibly wrapped up. In addition, there's no way that story would have been, wouldn't have surfaced earlier. Yeah, over the eight weeks that this was all going on. Uh, this also states that CM Punk did reach out to Nick Houseman and apologize for the way he acted towards him when he thought they were, he thought Nick Houseman was friends with Colt Cabana, realized they'd done stuff together, like been at the same comedy nights and this and that in Chicago and whatnot, but they're not actually friends. They've worked together on things, but they're not actually friends. So punk has reportedly apologized for that one, jumping down Nick Houseman's throat. Now, Meltzer goes on to state from the start, Lawyers were immediately involved and all parties were told not to talk. We did throughout get multiple reports from Punk's side of basically his feelings. That he felt threatened and believed a fight was going to break out. And that Steele's reaction was because his wife Lucy was there with Punk's dog and had a broken foot. And with the fight going on, felt she would be in danger because she didn't have the mobility to get away when she needed to. Most recently the confirmation that Steele was fired on the 17th and that AEW was negotiating a buyout of the remainder of CM Punk's contract, which at this point had not been completed because the two sides were still in agreement on the terms of a non-compete clause, essentially the time frame where he would not be able to go to another wrestling company, more specifically WWE. Punk tore his tricep early in the match on the 4th with John Moxley when he did a tope. There was a claim made from his side that the injury which resulted in surgery a few days later, was worsened during said backstage brawl. To this day, every person, either involved or there, but one, Lucy Guy, was not allowed to talk publicly. Lucy Guy has not talked publicly, but of all the people who saw what happened, she is the only one who can publicly, at this point, give her version of the story. Several others have said they hoped at some point to be able to give their side of the story, but now, with an investigation completed, none are allowed to publicly or privately talk about anything related in this incident. The Housman also wrote that from the perspective of Punk's camp, the press conference comments on Cabana, Page, and the Young Bucks, quote, didn't seem like a big deal and only escalated once Punk's locker room door was kicked in and accidentally hit Punk's dog Larry in the face. At a pre-scheduled veterinary appointment a few days later, they did learn that Larry had some teeth knocked loose and he had to have them removed. Um, Hausman noted that Lucy Guy was in the locker room during the incident as he spoke with people on CM Punk's side, but he was not able to interview her and she was not actually even interviewed in part, as part of the investigation. Houseman also reported that Following Page's workers' rights line in the promo on Dynamite prior to the Double or Nothing event, there was distrust on Punk's end going into the match in Las Vegas and that Punk, listen to this one, Punk was concerned that the match with Hangman might turn into a real fight. Punk thought Hangman Adam Page was going to shoot on him at Double or Nothing. Jesus freaking guy. Come on, man. Uh, The obvious problem with that is months later, when Punk cut a promo on page, which was not scripted, he was, if anything, either inviting a real fight to happen on live television or setting up calling a top babyface in the company a coward by another top babyface for not coming out, which would be as unprofessional as unprofessional could be. It was the reaction by the people to that promo that really led to Punk attempting to Two Punk attempting at first at the press conference to turn into a conflict with reporters by asking for a show of hands of people who think they are journalists prior to going off on Cole Cabana, and at first Nick Housman, who again he has since apologized for doing so. Punk side said in an impromptu interview after his return from foot surgery, and when he talked about Paige with no storyline reason, with was along the lines of that he believed his job was to sell tickets, pay-per-views and have fun, and believed Punk, or Page, impended his ability to do so. Punk said that Page jeopardized the first million-dollar house in company history at Double or Nothing, which apparently meant that Punk was, at one point, not willing to work with Page and possibly not showing up. But, he did state, saying, uh, Page said, it's based on a baseless rumors. That he got one of Paige's friends fired, who ended up being not being fired and claimed, at the time, Paige hid in his room, which is not true. Uh, the story of the dog being hit with a door had not been told to anyone that we are aware of prior to the 26th, which, many suggested, was timed due, was timed due to uh, the Bucks and Omega returning to television, and perhaps with the result of invest- the investigation being what it was, an attempt to take them down when the investigation did not do so. Basically, when everything was said and done in the investigation to make Punk look bad and to say, no, Punk's in the wrong, these guys can come back, Punk side wanted something to now try and make them look bad. As for other updates, as of the last word we have, there's been no communication between WWE with either CM Punk or a Steel as of several days ago. Legally, there still couldn't be with Punk since he is still under contract to All Elite Wrestling. There is no indication one way or the other of Paul Levesque or Nick Khan's feelings on this matter, as it is very tricky for obvious reasons. Punk would return to a giant reaction and help business, particularly at first. But very bad feelings exist, and the AEW stint likely didn't help his track record as far as him internally would go. Cody Rhodes' reaction by the fans also tells the story about how it would probably be very good for WWE and not so good for AEW to have Punk on their television. And with the wrestling war, that is still a very huge thing that WWE could be looking for as far as the reactions do go. Steele was said to just want to move past this. Was bummed that it happened and the online harassment of him and his gigantic all uh, of his gigantic. Although, that goes for every person involved in the story. They just want it passed. Meltzer would also go on to state that, quote, a complete made-up story said one person close to the other side. He's punk, losing, and is desperate. There was a multiple-week-long investigation, and this is very odd to not discover. Talk about the dog incident. Also, it so happens to be mentioned the moment there was news about the Bucks and Omega possibly returning. It's insane that people would even humor this. Another person said at the time that it's very clear that the story about the dog never actually happened or we would know previously. Another person who was in the room seconds after the incident started, who was not affiliated with either side, although ended up negative to Punk after all it went down, said, quote, The dog story is a complete lie. When the altercation was happening, Punk was a total psycho and could have and could have career PF less about the dog. Kenny picked the dog up to save him from being hurt and gave him to Mega. Mega was holding the dog, screaming at Punk to stop. Punk didn't even register that his baby was being held by a stranger in the middle of a fight. It didn't stop him one bit. Now that quote there from somebody makes it seem like this was even a bigger brawl and fight than we thought it was that makes it seem like punk was just like throwing random punches and things and I don't mm, I don't know about that one like I get what it's trying to get at but that also makes it seem like this was a lot bigger than it was like one of them street fights you see on world star or something where it's like they're just going at it and fighting there's multiple people and they're throwing punches And I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know about that one making it sound like that. But as we move on, most fans of the company who are just looking for action and storylines likely hoped all this could be turned into an angle like UFC would do and a lot of wrestling companies in the past if similar situation became public known would try to do. If we presume Omega's contract gets extended due to his injury time off, that would mean all three plus perhaps MJF who has claimed he hasn't signed an extension, but even if he did, they are going to keep that secret, would be due in their contracts at the end of next year. And those are the biggest deals now coming up in terms of money and stature with All Elite Wrestling early 2024. Now again, as, as Meltzer noted, Don Callis, Kenny Omega, Matt, and Nick Jackson were at the show this week. They were backstage at Dynamite in Virginia. They aired the video of them I guess you could say disappearing, disintegrating, or as some MCU fans might say, being snapped. I don't know if you can hear it. Snapped. But a lot here. Not a lot new information, though. It's like we basically know everything we're going to know until, like, one side does that tell-all podcast, complete, to be completely honest. What Melissa does close it out? By stating, in the end, there are hopefully a lot of lessons learned, although this was also a very unique set of situations that blew up badly. In the book of AEW history, this was a very important chapter, but in telling that story, the key stuff is known. There are a lot of blank pages as to what really happened, but there are many important chapters yet to be written. So... A lot to digest, but not a lot of new information here is what I'm getting at. It's basically a lot of stuff that we've already known over the last eight weeks since this incident occurred, since everybody was suspended and the investigation was ongoing. So, take it how you want, but the Bucks and Omega are coming back at any time. CM Punk, they're trying to buy him out, which it's going to happen. They're just trying to figure out the last little details. And A-Steel, he's gone. Larry, hopefully he's fine. As we move on to story number two, this has to do with the PWI 150. You may ask me, oh, "What's that? What's the PWI 150?" Well, have you ever heard of the PWI 500? If you have, then you know what this might be. If you haven't, let's 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 do a little bit of backstory. So, PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, for oh, I don't even know how many years now since the I can tell you right now, PWI. So Since, I want to say, 1991, Pro Wrestling Illustrated has put out a list of who they feel are the top 500 male wrestlers, and not even just male wrestlers, because there have been female wrestlers on this list, like um, Jacqueline Moore in 1993, but the 500 best, mostly male wrestlers in the world for that year, usually runs from... July of one year to the end of June of the next. But then in 2008, they started the PWI 150, which is the top 150 female wrestlers of the year. Last year's number one was Bianca Belair, but the 2022 list came out, I want to say yesterday, and we have the full top 10 for you and a little bit more as well to talk about. But let's run down the top 10, starting at number 10, Kaya Valkyrie. Number nine, Starlight Kid. Number eight is Charlotte Flair. Number seven, I'm going to butcher this name, Saya Kamatani. Saya Saya Kamatani. Number six is Jordan Grace. Number seven is current AEW TBS champion Jade Cargill. Number four is Becky Lynch. Number three is technically the AEW Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa. Number two, last year's number one, is Bianca Belair, the current SmackDown Women's Champion. And number one is Siri from Stardom. Siri, who is also the current... Give me one second and I can tell you. I want to say she is the current... Yes, World of Stardom Champion. She's the current World of Stardom Champion and the Queen of the Ring title as well, currently. Now, that's all well and good, but some females, some women, took exception to where they were ranked. And I'm going to pull up some of those news notes here. Give me one second. I had it up, and then I accidentally closed it, because some of these women have, I guess you could say... What's the word I'm looking for? Reacted to their positioning in the PWI or 150 let me try to find that right here because you know I had it up and then I accidentally closed it it happens alright here we go so Ty Valkyrie would tweet out I'm very happy and honored thank you very much she said from 126 in 2021 to 10 in 2022 don't call it a comeback whoop whoop I just lost the tweet don't call it a comeback. I was made for this. Uh, Billy Starks tweeted out, My goal was to get in double digits. 52 is wild. Thank you for the support in and out of the ring. The, woman I'm, the women I'm ranked with are stars. And I'm here for all of this love for the Joshies. Uh, Masha Slamovich, who was placed at number... 14, I want to say, tweeted out. Number 14, thankful and proud. Uh, we also have Laney Luck, who said top 100. Shout out to Pastels. Laney Luck, wa- Luck was ranked at number 95, so she barely made the top 100. Uh, Viva Van tweeted out stating, the woman's 150 is hell-bent, made 50 on the official PWI woman's rankings. The journey has been tough, but we're far from done. Thank you. Interesting thing about Viva Van is that she just did a WWE tryout. Um, another one here. This one's from Jordan Grace. She said, What a year, huh? She was ranked number six this year with her husband. Uh, Jonathan Gresham actually being ranked number 10 in the PWI 500. Thunder Rosa would tweet out after being named number three. Thank you, PWI. Thank you, Thunder Army. This only happened because of your love and support and nothing without. I am nothing without you. Now, more than ever, heart, hear the thunder. PWI slash Women's 150 coming back for numero uno. And then as far as Siri, who was ranked number one, she said, I am very proud and honored. Thank you very much. There we go. Number 10, I'll read it back to you again once more. As far as the top 10 do go in this year's PWI 150. Number 10, Taya Valkyrie. Number nine, Starlight Kid. Number eight, Charlotte Flair. Number seven, Saya Kamatani. Number six, Jordan Grace. Number five, Jade Cargill. Number four, Becky Lynch. Number three, Thunder Rosa. Number two, last year's number one, Bianca Belair. And number one, Siri. Congratulations to all the women that were ranked number, who were ranked in the top 10, but also if you just got ranked at all, congratulations. So in keeping with women's wrestling news, we got some news on Sasha Banks. And I guess you could say her status with WWE. Uh, Dave Meltzer did write in the the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, quote, She is still under contract to WWE, but there is no word on when she'll return, as there were said to be some hang-ups in negotiations for a new deal. Now we don't know exactly when Sasha Banks's deal is supposed to be up with the WWE. There were all those rumors about Naomi and that her contract was almost up, and they were trying to work on a new one at the time of the walkout and this and that. So we don't know exactly what's going on with those two women. If their contracts have been frozen, if their contracts are still going, if they're gonna just say, "Hey, whenever you come back, we're gonna add all that time onto the end," I would assume. So it looks like Sasha Banks and WWE are trying to negotiate maybe a new deal for Sasha. But in the long run, they're trying to... When, when when Meltzer says, hey, Cade Mize, no spoilers. No spoilers without a warning, motherfucker. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. But I'm going to have to... uh. Time you out to take your message out of there. No spoilers in the chat without a warning from me. will talk about what he just said, if you saw it or not, here shortly. But as far as the hang-ups do go, it looks like like maybe she wants one thing in this new deal. And WWE wants another thing. She wants this to return. They say, no, You will give you this. That's the only thing I can think of. But as of right now, it doesn't look like Sasha... I mean, she could come back soon. Maybe in time for the Rumble at the end of January. But it does seem as if maybe Sasha Banks isn't coming back anytime imminently, I guess you could say. Yet, speaking of somebody who could be coming back imminently, we've got two names. First one, Chelsea Green, as it was reported yesterday, quote, looks like Chelsea Green is returning to WWE after all. It was reported earlier this month that WWE officials had, quote, significant interest in bringing Green back to the company. A new report from PW Insider notes that Green has finished up with Impact Wrestling and is expected to be WWE-bound in the near future. Green reportedly filmed an exit vignette with VXT tag team partner Diana Perrazzo at the last set of Impact TV tapings. There has been a lot of talk within certain circles, with some under the belief that Green is headed back to WWE. It was noted that the talk of Green returning to WWE goes back at least three to four weeks. While Green's WWE return is not official as of this writing, the feeling is that she would not give up her regular bookings with Impact unless she was signing with a bigger promotion, which is believed to be WWE. So it looks like Chelsea Green could be back with the company sometime soon, imminently very soon. And I think that's a good move for her. I think, well, mm, maybe. Because if you remember, she was signed under WWE for a while, like in NXT and not used. Because you got the people going, well, oh, Triple H is in charge now. He'll use her. He'll use her great and this and that. Yeah, but uh, Triple H had her in NXT and barely ever used her. So mm, we'll see how that one goes. Yet, speaking of another possible female to come back to WWE, this is the breaking news that I mentioned at the top of the show, and I do want to say spoiler alert: possibly for tonight's. Friday night. Smackdown, I'm going to give you a five-second countdown if you want to mute the stream. I will put... Oh, I have a graphic here. I can... Is this the right one? Yes. So I have my spoiler alert graphic here on the screen. If you don't want to be spoiled, mute the stream. Mute the show. And when the spoiler alert in the top left corner goes down, the graphic, then you'll know I'm done talking about this. I'll keep it sweet and short, but in five, four... Three, two, one. Let's go. According to a new report from Fightful, they write the following. A familiar face could be headed to SmackDown tonight. If you wish to avoid spoilers, please, well, navigate away. On Fightful's Q&A show, we'd indicated that there could be a returning name as soon as tonight's SmackDown. PW Insider then reported that the former Emma to Neil Dashwood was backstage at tonight's SmackDown today and is expected to be the one to answer Ronda Rousey's open challenge on tonight's show. Fightful has confirmed that there were plans to bring to back. Neal finished up with Impact Wrestling this year after years of being with the company. So with that, it does look like Tennille Dashwood could be heading back to the WWE. There have been talks of this over the last couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, that she was somebody on their radar and somebody that could be returning soon. She's teased it. Her boyfriend, Madcap Moss, has teased it. And now it looks like it's finally coming to fruition, possibly tonight, with the Ronda Rousey Open Challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, it's unfortunate that Tennille's going to most likely have to lose to Ronda Rousey. In this match. Because I don't see Ronda dropping the belt. But hey. Another thing they could do. Oh here's an idea. They do the open challenge. They're going at it. And somebody interferes. Trying to screw Ronda. Ronda gets the best of them. And still the best of Tennille. And then we go from there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it looks as if. Tennille Dashwood could be returning to WWE. As early as tonight, and I would assume she still goes by the name Emma. I don't think WWE would change that, because we've seen people like leave WWE, go by their regular name or their pre-WWE name, and then when they come back, boom, they're back to their WWE name. So if we do hear anything further on to Neil Dashwood possibly returning tonight, we'll let you guys know. All right, spoiler, done, just in case you didn't want to hear it and you're watching live or the full podcast video. And moving on to our next story here. This one has to do with a very interesting idea Triple H has had for money in the bank that you would think is something that they would have done a lot sooner than possibly now. Now, in speaking with WrestleVotes, Louis Dangor states the following. Um, and now the page won't load. There we go. Here we go. A lot of fans have been speculating on how WWE is going to deal with Theory as the holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase, but that's now been answered. Theory appeared on NXT last week, teasing cashing in his briefcase on Braun Breaker in the process. So it seems like WWE is definitely open to the new idea, to new ideas for Money in the Bank. Now, this would be the first time, if Theory does choose to target Breaker, that WWE uh, has had money in the bank, cash in on someone not on the main roster. However, speaking exclusively to Give Me Sport, WrestleVotes has revealed another never-before-seen idea discussed and being put on the table. WrestleVotes states, quote, There is an idea that he is the first guy to wait a full year, like day of, or let's say, night of Money in the Bank next year. That's the storyline. Like, you have to cash in in two and a half hours. You have to cash in in 90 minutes. That type of thing. I know that idea is on the table. And that's an interesting one. That excuse me, you have him wait till the last minute. Now, the question would be, does he have till the end of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Does he have till the end of that year's Men's money in the bank ladder match. So say he's still got the briefcase, but AJ Styles is climbing the ladder. AJ Styles grabs the case. <sighs> AJ Styles is new number one or new Mr. Money in the Bank. Just a just a random name. And then whoo. Theory's briefcase is no longer valid. His contract is no longer valid. Now it'd be cool if like Roman Reigns is still a champion and Austin Theory's running around the building that night trying to find Roman to cash in and you have like Sami Zayn. I saw him over here. I saw him out there. Oh, I I saw him and they're, like throwing him on a wild goose chase or something. But I like this idea and I'm surprised it's never happened before. Somebody waiting the full year to cash in their money in the bank contract. Now we've seen people wait a long time. We've seen people wait a couple of hours we've never seen people wait that actual full year. And I like that. And I hope that that's something they do. But at the same time, if it's somebody, I don't think Theory should be winning the title off this cash-in. But if somebody waits the full year, I don't think the first one should be a loss. I think like this one, they need to wait the full year and right before it expires, cash-in. But then I think they should do another one a couple years later, maybe two years later, or a year later, or whatever, that it actually expires. I think eventually the briefcase needs to expire because, again, that's something else that's never happened. The briefcase has never expired. So I think we get close to it this year expiring, and then maybe next year or the following year or so after, we let the briefcase expire. I think that would be a fun thing to do of like, hey, you know what day it is, right? I mean, you no know what day it is. Your briefcase is going to expire tonight remember what happened to Austin Theory, and he barely got his. Uh Uh-oh. So, I think this is a very cool story that could be told. And it would, in turn, if he's waiting, Austin Theory, that is, till the day of. Or accidentally waited till the day of. Or hasn't been able. Because we've seen him attempt, like at SummerSlam. But hasn't been able to cash in till the day of. Then it would actually put more emphasis on that pay-per-view itself or premium live event, I believe. As we move on to the next news story here, speaking about pay-per-views, Brian Alvarez recently noted how gimmick pay-per-views might be going away. Hence, PLC we've already kind of lost and Extreme Rules and Hell in a Cell and so forth. And Hell in a Cell is one that looks like Triple H is not a big fan of as WrestleVotes while speaking with Louis Dangor of Give Me Sports, stated the following, The show itself, I think, is completely dead. The match, from what I understand, means a lot to Hunter. Just think of the classics that he's had in there. Roman Reigns and Jay, so they've been feuding for six weeks? They gotta be there now because the calendar says so? That's not going to happen anymore. Basically, it looks like Triple H is potentially going to do away with the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which I'm a wholehearted fan of, Screw the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. We don't need it, because the Hell in a Cell is supposed to be the final big match of a storyline, of a feud, of a blood feud, that, like, this is the only thing that can contain them. This brutality of Hell in a Cell. But when it's just like, huh? Next month's the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Who do we throw in there? Oh, well, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. They're kind of doing something. So let's just throw them in the cell. It's for nothing. And it diminishes what Hell in a Cell actually means. Now, I talked about this with Baby Huey on In the Click recently. There have been, before the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view became a thing, 16 Hell in a Cell matches. That was it. Now, with the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in place... 51 and out of those let's see let's do the math here so we had 16 before hell in a cell since the hell in a cell pay-per-view became a thing 35 hell in a cell matches have happened and of those 35 five or six were not at a hell in a cell pay-per-view we had like seth versus um we had seth rollins versus edge last year We also had, and I didn't even know about this one until looking it up recently, a dark Hell in a Cell match uh, in like 2011-12 after a Monday Night Raw. But you have so many of these Hell in a Cell matches now that mean nothing. And why is the spoiler alert thing still up there? I apologize, guys. That mean nothing because it's just like, oh, we're at Hell in a Cell. I guess we got to throw whatever feud in there. Oh Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, sure. Like it, and then like Russell votes example of Roman and Jay have been going at it for not even six weeks, and they're putting Hell in a Cell. So it's just, I'm I'm happy that stuff like this is gonna go away, because then it'll help these big matches mean something again. Hence like Hell in a Cell. Hence like TLC. So we'll see. What actually happens, again, as I mentioned, Brian Alvarez was the first to kind of talk about this recently, where he actually stated that gimmick pay-per-views or most gimmick pay-per-views could be going away, and WWE could be looking at doing more international shows over the next couple of years. But as we get to our final news story of the day, I'm going to talk a little bit about one Mr. Bray Wyatt. That's fightful stated the following as a possible spoiler for tonight's SmackDown regarding Bray Wyatt stating the following we're told that several pieces of Bray Wyatt's past were to be included in some of the segments at the double taping tonight for SmackDown as far as tonight's show and next week at least as of the creative on Thursday specifically we've heard that the rocking chair that he used that he used during his initial WWE run was to be brought in in addition the Fiend mask is set to be used but Plans called for it to be ripped by someone, either Bray or another talent. In regards to the rumors that Bray Wyatt was imminently set to feud with Roman Reigns, one source in WWE creative claims that's false. Specifically, they said, where would we go from there? And another noted that they learned from the first Fiend run. Now with a little more context, there's a little more news here as well. PW Insider stated that Bray Wyatt is scheduled for tonight's SmackDown and that there may be multiple segments filmed. So we'll see where this all does go. I'm still very interested in where they go with this new Bray Wyatt direction because they've still been very vague with what all this is going to be. But speaking of tonight's SmackDown, as we hit our outro here, we've got four things officially announced so far for Friday Night SmackDown. Roman Reigns is going to be on the show. Butch and Ridge Holland will be taking on the Bloodline, Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa. Hit Row and a mystery partner will be taking on Legato Del Fantasma and Ronda Rousey. will be putting her SmackDown Women's Championship on the line tonight in an open challenge. So with that, guys, that's all we got here on the wrap-up. We've wrapped it all up. We've talked about all the different news. And now, we go into the weekend. Again, programming note, there will not be an actual SmackDown review tonight on the channel, but... If anything big does happen on SmackDown, we'll make some videos and we'll talk about it. Pro Wrestling Unlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. Halloween's coming up Monday, so I don't know what you guys are doing over the weekend. There's a lot of different events where you can go trick-or-treating for multiple nights and different things. So have fun this weekend. Be safe, and we'll see you back here Monday morning for the wrestling wrap-up. Have a good one, guys.